Technology and Society with Aki Anastasio. Indeed, and this is brought to you by Altron Technology Partners in your digital transformation journey. For more information, visit altron.com. Altron, there when it matters. Hello, Aki. Hello, Eusebius. How are you? I'm good. How was your weekend? Oh, it was very cool. Very cool. I really enjoyed your last hour. Um, oh, did you? Yeah, he's, he's really one of the most impressive uh, members of cabinet I've engaged with for uh, many, many years. So, great interview. And uh, how was your weekend, by the way? I'll tell you in a second, but I want you to tell the listeners what you were telling me um, off air about the minister. Because we interface with newsmakers all the time. Obviously, they come and go in media yes. houses, right? Yes. So, we get a sense, and you've done it for even longer than me, and I'm not saying you are old. You get a sense of people's personality, particularly when they're not on air. Do they take photos? How do they interact? What is their demeanor, their body language? We, yeah. get a, we get a full rounded view beyond what a viewer watching TV or a listener listening to the radio gets. There is a incredible chillness in a good way and humility about the way he carries himself well, that you remarked on. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was in the second studio um, and I was doing some work getting ready for Technobite, which is now, and you were in the opposite studio, but you had to switch because of the camera system to enable your live broadcast on, on Facebook. So he was in here and he was alone and I was busy packing up and I had a few moments, a few minutes of chatting with him. And yeah, he's a very humble, down-to-earth guy, incredibly approachable. We were talking that, uh, you know, he's from Bushbuck Ridge um, up at the border of Kruger, and he was telling me about his family, and we were commenting on how hot it is, and we just spoke a bit about politics locally, um, and just a very down-to-earth, yeah. engaging kind of guy that, you know, no airs and graces, and you can feel that energy from someone, you know, he's just... A very approachable guy, and I liked it. A lot of humility, Absolutely. humble guy, and you know, you actually get a lot more respect for somebody like that, yeah. as opposed to somebody who thinks, "Hey, man, I'm the minister. Absolutely. You know, I'm busy. Just back <laughs> off here now. Yeah. You know, I'm waiting for um, your CBS. You asking about my weekend? It was good. I thought about you at least twice, being human. Okay. Um, <laughs> late at night, um, in the shower. <laughs> shower. Hour. The one was, and you and I will talk about this uh, further off air. Yes. We we should do a show on technology and children. Mm. Uh, you saw me hanging out with my partner's nephew. Yes. And the first thing he always asks me is, um, you know, uncle, where's your phone? Because yes. he wants to play games. And I always have this fear of like, if I can't leave him alone, otherwise I'm going to come back. And for all I know, and he played on apps and all sorts of things where you end up paying like thousands of rent. Exactly. The other thing is um, he may be accessing stuff that I do not need him to see or to find on there. Yes. So, you know, I want to know what devices and technology there's out there where you know this thing can be preloaded, whatever it might be, whether it be gadgets or whatever, you can give this kid, maybe even as a birthday gift, or you can control it because you want to control screen time. Yeah. So I think we need to do a show on that. So that was I'll, the one I'll time I thought about it. Yeah. By the way, your phone has um, has a, a, a mode called kids mode um, that you can Yeah, but besides that, uncle doesn't want to give the phone to anyone. Uncle yeah, doesn't no. even like giving the, the, oh, the phone to Malume, you know, so... I, I want to know what's in the market. That's, that's one thing. Okay. And then the other thing. Yes. Um, and please tell me you've seen it. If you haven't, you have to. I feel so daft because I've only, I only discovered it on Saturday night, which is why I thought about you after midnight. Black Mirror. Black Mirror, the. On the, Netflix. The series. TV series. I haven't seen it yet. What? I haven't seen it yet. 
Uh, I haven't seen it yet. How um, could you not have seen it? No, it says me. You've only just discovered it. Which is that one again? Is it's that, the one about technology and the impact that it has. Like, oh yes, yes, yes. No, yes. I haven't seen all of it. I'm. I'm have I'm, you seen any of it? I, I haven't seen. I've seen maybe one or two, um, you know, one or two um, series. But I actually thought about you this Ooh, weekend. It was amazing. Yeah, I've seen two episodes so far. I won't give it all away, but. There's so much there, A, just from the impact of technology, quite apart from, for me, the ethical questions that are raised. The one was striking vipers, which a lot of people have seen and tell me that for many people that was their favorite one. Yes. Where you basically, it's um, virtual reality and you go inside a game and you're sort of playing this game. Okay. These two buddies have a bit of a straight friendship, shall we say. But one of them become sort of take the female character inside the game. Yes. And interesting things happen. I'm just going to leave it there. Okay. And then the second one I watched, and I don't know how many of them have been directed by Jodie Foster, but I incidentally noticed with the credits, was where a parent uh, was able to just have something zipped. It looked like a little needle inside the side of the skull of the kid. And then the skids, you can then control what it is. Firstly, you can monitor on your own monitor the perspective of the child. So your child is going to school, they're going to the mall, and you can just go to your computer. Log into your child's uh, Brain. neural and, network. Yes, and you can see what they're doing. But also there's different modes. So in one mode, you can get your child wow. to not see certain things. So she wanted to protect the child from seeing blood, for example. So, in one, so this child grew up for many years, never having seen blood. So when all the other kids are fighting, let's say, and there's blood, this kid will just see it all completely blurred out. Or the dogs are barking at all the kids and the kids are running away. She won't see the full image of the dog because that's the mode that mom, it is incredible. But I this thought, is, Aki, you must see this. No, I've got to see it. But you know, we, we're living in a society where we're approaching that kind of thing. You know, we, uh, before it was all futuristic. It was, uh, sci-fi and everything. But if you watch movies like Minority Report, yeah. where you could predict the stuff into the future with data and analytics, it's now becoming reality. I actually thought about you on the weekend as well when we were, you were talking about that, uh, central Park 5, the series that's yeah. on Netflix at the moment, um, and how many million times it's been watched in America mm -hmm. in the last uh, two weeks. It's just kind of dominated Netflix viewing. Yeah. So I find that very interesting. Okay, we should go on to what we had planned to talk about, which was firstly a non-invasive robotic device control. Yes. So, um, so what they've done is, you know, you talk about this stuff that injecting stuff into your side of your head to be able to do what you were just describing. But, um, what they've done at the, um, these researchers at the Carnegie Mellon University, they've collaborated together with the University of, of Minnesota and they've basically, um, managed to, um, design a non-invasive robotic device control. So in the past, you know, researchers would have to, you know, put electrodes into your, into your head to be able to, uh, control stuff using your brain. And this is the first ever successful mind-controlled robotic arm that they exhibited by just putting something over your head, almost like a cap, and then it picks up from your from your brain's uh, impulses, um, and you're able to control uh, this robotic arm just from using something that you can put on your head, as opposed to having a full invasive operation where you've got to add neurons and all sorts of things to your brain. So um, th this is this is important. Why? It's important because uh, you know, in future, they will have patients who might have had strokes, who cannot move, who want to uh, control something with their brains, um, and they can do that without having to do any kind of surgery. So if you think about people who may be elderly, who are at home, who you, you can't move because of a stroke, as I just mentioned, you can simply now put on something like a, 
like a hat or a cap over your head and it will be able to um, read from your mind what you're trying to think and you'll be able to control devices never mind a robotic arm like they've used this time but you can um, you, you can get your robotic assistant in your home to bring you some water for example or bring your iPad so I think that it has tremendous opportunity and it opens up so many other aspects of technology that you can now be, that will now benefit using this uh, brain computer interface um, that they've this non-invasive brain computer face they've designed Absolutely amazing. Yeah, the next one, I hope there will be implications for us here in South Africa. Way too much heartache, public health costs, and families torn apart by unsafe drivers. What are the Japanese up to? Well, you know, we were already doing this kind of thing, and this is where insurance is going, right? Insurance is going that's being proactive. In other words, uh, Discovery is doing it where they're putting the stuff in your car, and you get a, a readout to say, listen, this is how you've driven. You've been driving too, um, you're braking too much. You're taking your curves too much. You're going too fast, and you get scored. And if you if you score within a certain parameter, you get rewarded for your good driving. But this one is done in real time. And what these Japanese guys have done, this company called Dina company, uh, they've introduced this AI-based drive chart. And um, they've basically got vehicle-mounted cameras, acceleration sensor data, and what it's doing is it's working in real time. So it's it's even reading your eyes. It's reading how far you're from another vehicle in front of you. It's sending all of this information up into the cloud. And in real time, it's telling you as a driver to say, hey, dude, drive a little bit carefully. Um, if your eyes seem to be a bit distracted, they can tell if your eyes are tired, if you're not keeping your eyes enough on the road. Because, you know, we get distracted. Like if you have your phone in your car. Right. If it's if it's if it's picking up your eye movements, it can see your eye dozing off to the left um, and and looking at your phone and not concentrating on the road. So it starts analyzing this in real time and then talking to the driver in real time to say, hey, wake up. You're not doing this right. You're not doing you're driving too fast. Um, and it will start warning the driver with, um, you know, these these uh, instructions live. But here's the interesting part. They've done been doing this for six months. Um, they've got 100 vehicles and 500 trucks. Truck accidents have dropped by 25%, okay, and the vehicle accidents by 48% respectively. That's quite a drastic reduction on this in real time, using it right now. And they're saying that the repairs and costs associated with these accidents that would have had have been dropped off by 40 to 90%. So it's just making drivers more alert. Technology is there to empower the driver to drive better. Wake up, boo. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and you know, you imagine they install this with, with Uber drivers. Now, Uber drivers drive really safely, okay, but they also work long hours. Anyone. I mean, I'm talking even trucks. Yeah. You know, long-distance drivers or anyone who goes on holiday. I mean, the applications are enormous, and especially countries where you have high volumes of cars on the road. Um, I, it, it's amazing. I was talking to an Uber driver in Cape Town, just off the note, and he was telling me that they don't issue enough permits in Cape Town for Uber drivers, right, which is an yeah. issue. And what the cops are doing is that they are pulling, and I don't know how true this is, I need to investigate this, but he says that they're pulling the guys off and then they impound the vehicles and the guys have to pay a range. First impound, first time you get impounded, I think it's it's 15 grand, then it goes to 25, then it goes to like 70,000 rand. And he says that the, the, the council is making so much money from impounding vehicles that it's in their interest not to... Um, you know, not to issue out more permits. So I don't know how true that hmm. is, but I'm, go I'm going to investigate that if that is the case hmm. uh, in the city of Cape Town. And last but not least, why don't your cats drag home? 
if anybody has a pet or a dog, right? Um, and and my friend actually the other day uh, sent me a message to say that her dog caught a rat in the garden and brought it to the front porch, all proud of what it had caught. Um, and this is what cats and dogs do, right? It's uh, it's prey. It's uh, you know they're protecting their territory, but it is quite gross. And any pet owner will attest to this and say, wow, it's actually one of the worst things ever that a cat can do is that they catch a rat, they bring it or they bring, put it onto the kitchen floor. Um, and in fact, if I remember back to about a year ago, a friend of mine was talking exactly the same thing. She said to me that her cat came into the car, into the lounge and sat on her and she thought she was all being lovey-dovey and the cat started licking her on her chin and everything. And then she was saying, oh, you're going to get a nice treat. And she walked into the kitchen and there was the rat the cat had just bought in. And then it was licking her as well. So it's, 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 um, it's something that's a ew situation. So what this guy has does, he's a, he's a, an engineer with, um, with Amazon and he took some simple technology that's available on Amazon. He put some AI, he put some uh, facial recognition stuff and he's designed this, this, this box, um, that, that, uh, that doesn't allow the cat into the house if it's caught anything. So, and, and the, what was happening with this guy is this cat used to wake him up in the middle of the night and the, he used to wake up in the morning and there used to be a rat on the side of the bed and he tried to find a way of getting around this. So he's, he's built this, his own AI enabled camera system, uh, powered by an Arduino locking system, which is a little computer that you can tinker and add various sensors to allow things to do a very, very simple thing. Um, but it's got to do with a couple of sensors and robotics and put up a, a few bits of technology into that but this is how he presented it at a conference uh, last week so i want to use machine learning and i bought a camera specifically for that the amazon deep lens camera i mounted it above my cat door takes about two seconds for the cat to go up the ramp so all this detection needs to happen in less than one second to really make it work i spent several months gathering and hand labeling over twenty-three thousand images of my cat coming and going. So I fed all these images to an online machine learning service called SageMaker, and I created three models that I strung together to achieve the detection that I needed. The first model, stage one, just runs all day long and it asks, is there a cat? Is there a cat? If there is a cat, it calls up stage two. Stage two says, is the cat coming or going? It's pretty simple. If the cat is coming, then it's the moment of truth. It calls up stage three. And that is, is the cat coming in normally? Or is the cat coming in to ruin my night? If the cat is coming in with prey, first of all, it locks the cat door for 15 minutes, which is long enough. Second of all, it texts me pics. So this has been running for five weeks now. He's entered innocently 180 times and been unfairly locked out once. He's tried to bring in animals six times and been blocked five. So this guy just designed something to sort out his... Um uh, you know, phobia or irritation with his cat bringing in thing, but it's it's it really illustrates that it's it's a simple solution that the technology is available out there. You know, this uh, facial recognition stuff. You can upload your images. So he captured all those thousands of images of his cat, and now he's got it there, and he's developed this, which is quite cool. Hundred percent. Thank you, Aki. You have a wonderful, wonderful week ahead. You, you too, my friend. We'll do this again next week. Twenty-one minutes after eleven o'clock. That was this week's edition of Technology and Society.